Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another ESPN podcast, the Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Olney. Spring training is here, and three times a week, Buster and company will get you ready for the new season by talking to players, managers, front office executives, and regulars like Tim Kirchin, Jeff Passan, and Sarah Langs. That's the Baseball Tonight podcast. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is that time of week. We have a guest join us. You can check him out on Around the Horn. You can check him out on Debatable. You can also check him out at Anscape. And he is the author of The Movement Made Us. David Dennis, what's going on? Nothing much, brother. Glad to be here. Glad to hang out with you and all that good stuff. Appreciate it, man. Hope you don't mind that I dropped the junior. I'll be doing that. You said you don't believe in the junior. I I believe in the junior if you uh-huh. and your daddy are in the same room. Okay. All right. You okay. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but like with you, it's a little bit different because your daddy got a little clout, got a little something. I know he know. got a little, little something to it. Yeah, yeah there's a little it. something there. I'm talking about these other dudes where I don't even know if you know your daddy. And you right. out here talking about Junior. I'm like, bro, don't nobody need that. And you know whose fault it is? Nobody talks about this. Uh, it's Robert Griffin. Robert Griffin started this entire thing where he became right. Robert Griffin the third. And I know it sounds classy, you know, uh-huh. but you uh-huh. will go back. You will never find me call here Robert Griffin the third. He is Robert <laughs> Griffin because I don't know your daddy. I ain't never thought about your daddy one time. Yeah, I need to know the second and the first. See, the thing, I had to add the junior because, like, folks were running up on my daddy, especially, like, a few of the people in his circle. Some of the philosophical uh, people who have some differences about what the things I wrote. Yeah. And running up on him at the events. Yeah. Not speaking to him <laughs> at the events. Uh, he's had a couple of things canceled because they were like, <laughs> David Dennis was, was wilding in that article. <laughs> so I had to put the junior on yeah. there to save him a little bit. Yeah, so. You know what? See, that's what I'm saying. With you, I know they're not going to run up on your daddy coming over here. You know what I'm right. saying? But that makes perfect <laughs> sense. I'll say this, though. The junior... Okay, I can kind of get it, right? People mm-hmm. show a love to pops or whatever. I actually think a lot of people just want to sound more classy, but right. it's the senior that I really uh. don't. <laughs> that's 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 the one. That ain't even your name. It's yeah. not how that works. One of the Morris brothers added the senior at the at, yes, he did. a couple years ago. Yeah, yes, yeah. he did. A few of those guys, and I feel like almost honestly with the junior. If you want me to call you junior, start going by junior. Right. That's that just be it's you, you junior Dennis. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, we're gonna have no problem if you go by if the junior right. that important, bring it to the front. Don't make right. your just, daddy a footnote, let him know on the way in. <laughs> we're junior out the gate. All right, now let me ask you this. You grew up in Mississippi, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You you from Jackson. From Jackson, yeah. Okay. Africa. Jack <laughs> Yo, so my question about what people call Jackson Jaffrica, did y'all come up with that or did they come up with it? <laughs> that's, that's crooked letters. That's crooked letters. Oh, that's they came a, up with that. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's, we credit the crooked letters. That's Kamikaze David Banner. We credit them with Jaffrica. You know, uh, actually, I've never heard a white person say Jaffrica. Now, maybe they say that in Pearl. <laughs> maybe they say that in Ridgeland. <laughs> but they, I ain't never heard of Look, I will tell you a story. I've told it all here before. But, um, my mama uh, had a secretary, nice white lady, and my mother had to, shall we say, come up with a repair solution that one might deem to be a, a bit unorthodox. 
Okay. And my mother is with her secretary, and she says, well, you know, black people, Uh-oh. we have a word for that. <laughs> to which her secretary said, yeah, we use it too. <laughs> which is to uh-huh. say, yep. they might be calling it Jafrica. Yeah. Y'all not there. You're right. They might, yeah, Jafrica might be whispered in 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 uh in the burbs. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know. Nah, I was asking because I wasn't sure if you was from that uh that Mississippi that is closer to Memphis. And I've kind of talked about the Jai thing up and down. I've talked about it to a degree um in the context of like Memphis as place you don't want to play around, right? Mm-hmm. But a context I thought you might have some interest in is I loved this team last year and I really don't like it anymore. Like, I yeah. think, I mean, I don't know if I'm just becoming an old man or whatever it is, but I love the spirit of that team. Like I love everything about the Grizzlies. Like if I was in mm. a place where I got a favorite team anymore, that would be my favorite team. Cause I look right. at the teams that they had like 10 years ago, right? Like the mm. Zebo teams. And then look at it. Now the personality is fairly consistent and it's a personality right. that I feel like is consistent with a very unique American city. And mm-hmm. I just kind of love how that all goes down. And then they just seem to turn into a bunch of assholes. Right. Like it all, uh-huh. it all went and shook out. And I was trying to think with Ja, and I recognize that like how much strangers like you only matters, but so much. But assuming he now is going to realize not to be out here rolling the dice on your life. Mm-hmm. It is kind of wild to me to look at how much goodwill that whole team squandered in one year. It normally right. takes longer than one year. Yeah, like, I mean, the thing that Ja has to understand, which is like, I think people, Memphis, these type of cities, like, guns are not a deterrent in these places. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, artillery is not a deterrent. Artillery is reconnaissance. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is just let me know what I need to do to get what I need to be done, get done. And that's, that's the case in Memphis case in Jackson, a lot of these cities. And like, you're not scaring nobody with that. You know, like you have a city where the, one of the most beloved celebrities and rappers was gunned down while by, buying cookies. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Be careful saying that. Did you see what they tried to do with me about that the other day? No, I did not see that. Uh-uh. So I made that point, right? Mm. They're like, look, you out here playing around. They got Dolph outside the cookie shop, right? Mm. And my point was yours. This is one of the most beloved figures in the city. But it's one person that had a problem, and that's all it takes, right? Right. I look up, and it's some post. Fomani Jones says John Morant could end up like, or I saw one that said he's asking for it, like Young Dolph. Okay, end up like Young Dolph. You want to guess who made that post? DJ Vlad. Oh, come on now. So you know what happened next? Uh TMZ picked it up. Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I'm like, what is so hard to understand? Like, what is controversial? Right. About well, this I mean, statement. If, if DJ Vlad has your information, that means you're now part of, in the CIA registry. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know people were saying that in public. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, like, you know, like, like, like yeah. nah, I think I'm good as long as I don't go on there and talk to him. Right. Yeah. I think there's, there's absolutely wires attached to them chairs. But anyway, uh, yeah, like that. I mean, it's, it's just like, you're, the the point of showing these things, showing these weapons and all that stuff is not doing what you think it's going to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just a thing that in, invites... A, like, it doesn't matter how beloved you are. Like you said, it doesn't matter how beloved you are in a city on the macro level, but it just takes somebody to understand, you know, who wants to test you, who wants to press you. And I think that that was like, 
the the scary part of it, but in terms of the Grizzlies overall and what sort of has soured us about that as the jaw, but also like if Jaws Buster Rhymes, Dylan Brooks is Spliff Star of the like why we do why we you know despise this Grizzlies team. Like he is like on in the ad libs doing all this <laughs> other stuff that makes us not like the Grizzlies at all. And and put those two together and this idea of like Steven Adams is what's keeping like is what's gonna hold y'all together. Like we, we're losing because Steven Adams ain't there. It's just so much stuff together with a team that has not actually won anything. And it's it's a like usually social media turns us on on somebody just for no reason, but they've done so much to turn us on what would have been like probably the beloved team this season. Now you know what Dylan Brooks is? Like, were you a no limit guy? Yeah. Uh okay. I wasn't a no limit okay. guy. Okay. I had guys in No Limit that okay. I liked. They were, for lack of a better term, though, what most would consider to be like lower tier, right? Uh-huh. Fiend, okay. Mac, Fiend, yeah. Saravall, you know, like those uh-huh. guys, right? But like, if you are a No Limit guy, mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks is kind of like y'all self to shock. I knew, I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> and, 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 and what I mean by that is he's kind of whack. Right. Uh, uh, in the in the case of Silk Shocker, he was undeniably whack. Right. right uh-huh, he, uh-huh. he was trying this whole avant-garde thing, um, where he would listen to one beat but actually be rapping over another. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think he was actually doing that, but it sounded like it. But I don't anyway. think they turned his headphones on in the studio. <laughs> I think he was just going off a of memory of what the beat, what he thought the beat sounded like. Yes. He was just rapping. You know what? You really hit me what he was doing and it dawned on me because I know people who do this. He to do that right without the beat. Right. Yeah, and then uh, when he gets to the beat, he ain't quite there. It, right. He, he's he like, we're gonna make a fit. Right. Yeah, he wrote before he got the beat. But he served a value to the crew. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he provided something. There's a reason why he's there. He just wasn't good at rap. Right. Dylan Brooks is like a sub 40% shooter, which is something <laughs> that does not happen in the modern era of the right. NBA. He fouls too much. You talk about a dude that be rapping, but not on the beat. That's right. Dylan Brooks, really. On defense, right? Mm-hmm. Always fouling somebody. He doesn't do it as much as he did before. All of that. And it's like, yo, make him say, uh, that's the jam. Here comes Silk. Right. Here he go. Here he go. Messing it up. Yeah. And all we need, we could have, we would have been fine with Mia X and Fiend. Yes. And, you know, everybody, but you up in here messing up. The, mess, we got to wait 50 seconds for you to get your 16 <laughs> bars out the way when we just want to see Mia X dunk on somebody. Yes. You know? But that's him. He's there. And then the rest of the guys just like the Shannon Sharp thing, which will kind of live in infamy. Uh, was it Desmond Bain or, or Brandon Clark that was the other guy that got into it with uh, Shannon Sharp? Because I ain't going to lie. Them Grizzlies be running together. Yeah, it might have been Clark. Well, I don't know if Desmond Bain was in the – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they be they they all be running together. But it was just all of it. It was like, yo, I'm not old enough to be looking at a team like that. Like, y'all need to grow up, except I am. Right, I yeah. am now old enough where they need to grow up. Um, but and it's also whole, just a function of the the games they're losing. You say nobody in the West scares me, then just like beat the Warriors by forty points on Christmas Day. Like how much <laughs> is that to ask? What what I think what Steph didn't play, Wiggins didn't play. They got nobody. Go on national TV and beat them by fifty points, and then say I'm not scared of nobody in the West. You know, yeah. Like win the games too. That's part of it. Yeah, and I think that's I think the thing with Ja and we, you know, like I say, I think I've talked the gun thing to death, right? Mm-hmm. But the report that Stephen Adams, they had the team meeting, and Stephen Adams 
has to be the leader guy, right? Because honestly, yeah. that's the function that he should serve, which is interesting because he ain't just white. He ain't even from here. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> but he does have, but he does have a goal too. So, right. you know, that okay. connotes a measure yeah. of authority. Um, mm -hmm. And he was just on the like, hey, man, we are terrible on the road. Mm -hmm. We need to do better. We need to take care of ourselves better when we on the road. And apparently Jabba Rant was like, yeah, whatever, dog. And then went out there and was kicking it however you kick it. And I look at NBA teams and how many of them go super duper young. Mm -hmm. You got to have some grownups in the room, right? Yeah. Like no matter what, you got to have some grownups in the room there. To just be like, hey, man, let me highlight you. Like whenever we talk to like younger guys who came in the league, like super young or whatever, they're the, the ones that talk about like, nah, this is the one that was like, yo, this is what you got to eat. This is what you got to mm. do. This is how you right. got to do it. Those stories go one way. Now, there's a second way the story can go that I hadn't thought about until we talked to J.R. Smith on Game Theory on Friday. And J.R. was talking about his thing with the grownups on his team was, at every turn, they were making it clear that he wasn't one of them. And he felt like more like he was mm. getting hazed, mm -hmm. right? Like, yo, go pick up my stuff. Go do this. Go right. do that. All of that stuff. Like David West, who was a rookie on the same team the year before, would talk about how Stacey Augman would have him go deposit checks at the bank for him. You know, stuff <laughs> uh, like that. Uh. Um, but you got to have somebody that gets a hold of you early because otherwise you just getting a zillion dollars in your pocket and you roll around, you know, all these places. It's too late after a certain point for anybody to tell you anything. And the irony of this is that this became a big story last play last season and then the playoffs of like, oh, yeah, we got rid of, you know, Iguodala didn't want to be here. Maybe you should have got another Iguodala to replace him to be in that in that locker room. Because that seems like the kind of guy you might have been well, missing. You need more than one. You need is a what gang I think yeah. is. And yeah. I think you need somebody I don't know exactly what the authority is that that person needs to convey, mm -hmm. but like, I think somebody like David West would probably mm -hmm. be more important than nigga dollar. It can't just be somebody with a resume. It's gotta be somebody I think like with a particular presence, perhaps or somebody right. for mm -hmm. whatever reason that Morant could like relate to in that way. But I feel like that was the thing I had with the process Sixers mm -hmm. and they were building that. I'm like, yo, you can't have these young dudes out here out with nobody but themselves. When the right. Thunder made the trade where they got Jeff Green out to bring in Kendrick Perkins at that time, Kendrick Perkins mm -hmm. was only like 28 or something like right. that, but they needed somebody like you just need somebody grown in the room. Now, I don't know what they could have done for job. We had Vernon Maxwell on before talking about hanging with Iverson and he was like, yo, I can't tell him nothing. He got too much money. <laughs> right. Uh like, I can't say nothing to him, but I just, I'm just like, I'm more heartbroken by that story than anything else. Like, I don't, I don't need to wag fingers about it. Yeah. it It's, it's sad because like it feels so preventable, you know, like it feels like we're in a part of this place where like a lot of players aren't doing this. And it just it like it's just like it don't feel it feels unnecessary, you know, yeah. and it's sort of that's the thing that that's upsetting about it. But, going, you know, going back to the grownups in the room, like the good franchises keep those players, you know, like you said, the the, the Thunder make the trade and everybody's like, I didn't make it. Miami always keeps those players, you know, I mean, like they, they, they keep, they keep the same one. The, the, guy, right, <laughs> the player, you know, like they keep them. And like, there's a lot, all these, you know, these good franchise, they make the trades and you're like, why are they getting this old guy who doesn't do anything? It's for that reason. And Memphis, I, like I said, I think it might be too late. You know, it might be too late for them to have made that move. These guys are sort of like, what, what can you tell John right now? No, they're going to have to break this up in some form or fashion. Like, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean they have to trade John Morant. But I don't think, given to where this is gone, I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't feel like you can keep the same collection of players. 
right. if you if you really need to change this. Now, I also say this, and we're hearing different reports about what punishment the league might come down with because it dawned on everybody. Hey, if he was in Colorado with a gun, does that mean he had a gun on a team plane? <laughs> right. right. And now all of a sudden we get into the place where the NBA can do something. Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard people throw a number out of 50 games. I didn't mm-hmm. see how they concluded that 50 games was possible. I am not a person that roots for like excessive punishment. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> in this case, and it's not about punishing him. Mm-hmm. Or making it, I don't, it's not about making it hurt. It's about making it real. Yeah. And I don't know what exactly you have to do to make it real. But for the sake of him, mm-hmm. you're going to have to make this very, very real, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the just the like, the commit, you, you know how committed you have to be to go out to like do that in Denver, Colorado, to find the strip club in Denver, Colorado, where you and your homeboys could roll through and you could flash. Like that is a dedication to that type of behavior or that type of what out, you know, like what you're doing that it that's alarming. And it ain't like they were playing the Hawks, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they were playing in Denver, Colorado, and he went out and found some stuff to get into. But yeah, I think it would, I think, you know, the 50 games, I think Adam Silver came back and said, that's not this, you know, it's sort of up to his discretion. But I mean, we're already at the point where this is going to like derail any sort of championship hopes that they have. It seems like. Oh, that's and, over. Yeah, that's you know that seems like it's 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 doomed their season. And you know, of course, there's going to be this Nike pressure from that's that has like a lot of different sides to it of people doing their own different agendas. But they're going to be saying, "Hey, you you got the Kyrie thing." What's up with the John Moran thing? Like, now can we start start doing this? And, of course, there's a lot of folks who are doing it for their own sort of anti-Semitic reasons of their own. But there's, like, this thing of, like, now you got this spiral on that. There's a lot of money to be lost. There's a season to be lost. There's games to be lost. Like, this thing is about to get, re- and then get really real for him. And then, of course, they're looking into the gun laws and all that stuff. Like, this is a really real, like, next few weeks for John Moran. Yeah, and, like, with the Nike thing as the comparison to Kyrie, what Ja did wasn't offensive. Mm-hmm. It was really stupid. Mm-hmm. Like if the line is the Instagram live video, mm-hmm. nah, it's just really stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what it comes to. Now let me ask you this: Like, how old are your kids? Uh, seventeen and ten. Okay. Does the seventeen-year-old do the IG live like that? No. That was no. the thing that got me about Ja is how much time he spends on IG live. And yeah. every now and then you'll go on Instagram and you'll see something and somebody's on live and you'll like not even on purpose hit the button or whatever. And dog, you sit there and you look at that. They ain't doing nothing. Nothing. They just want nothing. somebody to look at them while they put on their makeup or like whatever it is. And it's like, what are you doing? And that was the thing that got me with Ja because I saw another Instagram live video. Did you see the one with him on, on the, the plane, plane taking bottles? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Yeah, that, that was the that yeah. was the one where I'm like, oh, I have a feeling I know what's going on here. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I'm like, yo, you're just sitting on a plane drinking. Why Why do you think somebody wants to see this? I know people are watching it. Right. But why do you think somebody wants to see this? Yeah. And it's and like, there's no edit button on IG Live. It's up there and it's good to go. Shout out to Paul you Pierce. Know. Right. <laughs> ain't no edit button. That's why it's called live. And that's why we don't do live shows even when we're trained professionals. <laughs> so like, do not do a live show when you got 
the liquor and all that like just just disable the button like so much of like just don't have the button on there don't put ig on the personal phone like they're just very simple things to do that but yeah i saw the one where he had the bottles on the plane and he seemed like he was not all the way there and like the tequila and the beer together that's like a that's a thing did so. you see how much tequila it was like oh yeah that's a lot of tequila to consume on one breath. Like I know athletes is aliens, but damn. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's some. It it was it was insightful to what what could possibly be going on. I'll leave, I'll just say that. There we go. <laughs> Informative. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton All Access Membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, switching gears here. Did you see JJ and Perk on first take talk about oh, yeah. the Jokic situation? Yes, indeed. Yes, I did. What do you think about that, man? First of all, I love I love what JJ Reddick has done, and I we got to save that brother because he's been co opted. Like. You like with Clay Travis and them be saying like JJ Reddick is like my guy. Like we gotta we gotta bring him back. We gotta get him from out out, out the the out from there. I thought it was pop. It was there was a good conversation to be had in there somewhere. They just didn't have a good conversation. You know, like I think that there is, you know, uh, Perk. I think is making a point about when you have an a voting system where it's all a bunch of white guys, they might lean towards the white guy. And I think JJ may not have been sort of ready for that. You know, like you got to be ready for that kind of conversation. And there's a lot of nuance there. They ain't have a lot of nuance. But I do. I mean, when you got 80 percent of white folks voting for something, there's going to be an inherent bias in there. And it's going to impact the decisions. However, it's hard to make that argument that that's what's going on with Jokic in this season. Well, so here's where that gets tricky is. And I agree with everything that you said. Mm -hmm. it's a macro level observation right the problem with this particular sample is we don't have a lot of counterfactual right <laughs> you know points right. in this distribution 
it ain't been but like three white dudes worth a damn in the last 30 years, right? right. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough examples to point to to demonstrate a trend. Mm -hmm. It's just not there. So, um, for example, I heard people make the point that I think, I don't remember if it was Perk or somebody else who made this point, but they're like, there's less pressure on the European players to win mm -hmm. championships than it is on the black players. The problem with that, again, is it wasn't until literally now that we right. had one, let alone two or three European players who, and they specifically white European players. Let me right. be clear mm -hmm. because Giannis was not in this category. Right. There's only been two Euro white European players, and they both play right now, that had even gotten into that stratosphere of stardom to where mm -hmm. this even becomes a discussion. It never happened before. So I can't say that this is what happens with European players because it's these two dudes, one in his early 20s, one in his mid-20s. I can't point to a trend to say well, I say, I, And I can say, I mean, and I think we sort of like gave Dirk a real hard time. We don't. You know, that's what I say. We did give. That's we, my point. We give Dirk a real we hard did. time. Yeah, Dirk's the other one, and we gave. Because by the time, hell. by the time he that championship run, 2011, I think they lost game one to the Blazers, and everybody was like, "Oh, this is done." And everybody, and like nobody thought that dude was winning that champ. Like that was probably the most re rehabilitative, rehabilitative championship that I can think of. Nobody's championship means more than his because right. his championship legitimately put him in top 20 all time discussions. Right. right. And I know that may sound crazy to a lot of you, but like all the advanced number stuff actually checks out in this direction. Right. Like we actually underrated Dirk Nowitzki his entire career. When you go back and realize that he actually had them teams on his back. Like we're talking about Jokic not playing with an all-star. The only all-star mm. Dirk played with was one year of Josh Howard. That was right. it. In that year, they had the best record in the league. You know, right. like, but you're right. We absolutely gave it to Dirk. And Dirk, they blew the lead in 06, right? Mm -hmm. Up 2-0 and up late in game three. Right. Mm -hmm. Blew that. 07, they lost in the first round. 08, they lost in the first round to the Hornets. And David West walked up on him and tapped his jaw. <laughs> 09 was when he got dirt. You remember when he got mm -hmm. dirt? He had that mm -hmm. little little situation. Right. Uh -huh. with, with, what's the name? You know what I'm saying? He messed around. Some he personal got issues. Right. Yeah, yeah, he got dirt. Yeah. He balled those playoffs. They right. lost. We gave him hell. They lost in 2010. I don't even remember to who at this mm -hmm. point. But you're right. They lost that first game to the Blazers. And we gave him absolute outright hell. But I also, I don't think we truly view Dirk as a superstar in the ways that we view Luka and um, Jokic as superstars. Well, I think we, we did. We didn't, think him him super, hell. we didn't think of him as a superstar because we wrote, literally wrote him. Like they <laughs> lost that. They lost that first round playoff. And, said, and it was Dirk is never winning a championship ever again. He We didn't talk about him like we talk about Jokic. Uh, because it was like it's over for Dirk. No more. We never. We're never going to believe Dirk is going to win a championship until he's actually holding that trophy and winning that championship. Every round in that playoffs, it was like, when are the Mavs going to lose? You right. know, they beat. They beat Kobe. They you know they played Kobe, and they were up three zero on that Lakers team. And we were like, when are the Lakers coming back? <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like that was the thing. Nobody was even considering Dirk in that. Like he had been cut off of superstar level in a way that we had not seen somebody get banished from superstar level. So like if Dirk is our only metric for how we treat European players, like <laughs> I think it's I think we're pretty, you know, hard on those guys too. Yeah. Now with Jokic, you got to where I get to, which is 
I don't think y'all understand what's going on here with this dude. I really, the argument, because I don't think he's the best player in the NBA. Right. And the mm-hmm. reason I don't think he's the best player in the NBA is to me, the best player in the NBA can also control the game on defense. Right. And exactly. that is something he, even if we say he's a better defender than it seems to be, even if we say that he is a capable defender, he can't control like we've seen Giannis be able to control right. it. Like we saw at a different point, Kawhi Leonard be able mm-hmm. to control it. Like at his best, LeBron James could control the game defensively. And that damn vortex in Philadelphia, Joel Embiid. Yeah, and just outright control the game. That's the thing that Jokic can't do. And I do wonder if for some people, and I think you saw this um, with your favorite person in the world, Steph Curry, mm. if you are not <laughs> in a position where people see you as the guy that can our favorite the person on the, world. the other uh-huh. end, it's hard to, right. uh, you know, see the thing, you know this, <laughs> I am actually a big Steph fan, but I readily acknowledge I am one of those. Wow. Maybe he really is that good. I have right. had all these various steps of, <laughs> Nah, but I mean, not that I didn't think he was great, but it's like, I think y'all dorks is going a little too. Nope, 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 nope. There he yeah, is. Uh-huh. Right there. Oh, he is. Uh-huh. He is completely controlling the game from 30 feet away. Oh, oh, my bad. Forgive me. I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But but that's the holdup with Steph. Right. Like, why right. for me, at least it was so hard to be like, at any point, Steph greater than LeBron mm-hmm. is that other end. Right. And I think that that's part of what gets Jokic is that part. I think... Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's that's what makes it difficult to like when you because these the people who vote for these things think of like these things in the historical context. And for me, it's just hard on the large like level to be like this guy's going to win three straight MVPs and he was never definitively the best player in the league at any point in those three years. You know, even though he's doing all this great stuff like you can, you know, when you look at Bird and the, the you know, him winning. You could say, well, man, like it's hard to argue that he was not the best guy at least one of those years. You know, with Jokic, it's like, man, I still can't put him above Embiid or Giannis, you know, as a, as the best player. I know we can get in the semantics of most valuable and what da 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 da, but like at some point, you also talked about who's the best player, and I don't really feel confident that he's the best player. And what's I think that's what you kind of is important if you're going to be have this like once-in-a-lifetime stat of three straight MVPs. Right, but but here's the counterpoint. Does it matter if you're the best player if you play better than everybody else? Well, there's that too. You know, because right. I think part of what gets us here is when I think about, like, that defense end, mm. that's not about the 82-game sample. Right. It's about these seven-game samples mm-hmm. that you have to get through, right? Right. And it's fair to raise a question about how good you are at doing this other thing. Like I talk about with football, part of the problem with the advanced metrics is September and January are completely different things. They're different outside. They're different versus who you're going to play. Like, it's all these different things. How much do those things really matter, like, once you get down to the nitty-gritty? And I think it's fair for people to ask that question about Jokic. However, I raise this point. I'm curious what you think. The basketball world, historically, has kind of settled on the idea that Bill Russell was a better player than Will Chamber. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am not certain that is the case, but that has been settled upon. Right. Bill Russell was kind of a two-way player, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what they'll tell Mm -hmm. you is that he ran the offense from the high post to ignore those really low shooting percentages and all of that stuff. But they weren't going out there being like, hey, Russ, we need a bucket. You don't get that for us, right? (laughs) Right. But there's something, I think, not just aesthetically, but also almost like morally Mm -hmm. for us in our minds that 
if we don't think of you as this great defensive player, we just can't do it, right? right. Just because it is defense. Again, mm-hmm. Steph Curry wound up in that same place. And right. then we get to the weird race thing. And I'm curious your observations on this. Because, uh, you know, we both had our various exposures to white people when it comes to talking right. about various things, including basketball. I find that nobody is harder on white basketball players than white people. They mm-hmm. got as, as a, there's a low white self-esteem, it seems, mm-hmm. when it comes to basketball. And rappers. They, they're the same way with rappers, too. Yep. Yeah. They, 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 they cut them off at the knees. Right. At, unless for whatever reason, that white rapper or that white basketball player demonstrates that he belongs. In which case, they go way too far. Uh It gets all the way to a whole nother place once they cross over a certain threshold. And I don't really keep up. Like, I haven't checked the public Twitter timeline in over a year. So -hmm. there's a lot of the discourse around Jokic that I don't see. Mm -hmm. But I do fully understand after I've gotten a little more familiar with what's going on in the discourse, why is black people popping up being like, Yo, so what y'all doing, right? Right. Like, if you ever said definitively you would not vote for Giannis for a third MVP and now you're saying you are going to do it for Jokic, that's that's going to make people look at you. And I think that was my thing with JJ. And I've been in one of these situations on TV Mm -hmm. with JJ. Mm -hmm. Because when I was doing that show for HBO with Bob Costas, I had done Uh the first episode of Game Theory about Duke basketball, and Bob wanted me to get on to talk to JJ about it. Uh And... I don't know how much of the actual episode JJ saw, mm-hmm. but he came out hot mm-hmm. at the top. Hot. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if you were implying at all that coach is anti-black, that is absolutely asinine. Mm-hmm. And I laughed it off, but I'm like, yeah, asinine, huh? Mm-hmm. JJ doesn't take it well if there is an allegation of racism that he believes mm. is unfounded, which, right. okay, I see how you feel that way, right? Like, I'm not, okay, I get it. Mm. But what he said in response that jumped out to me, and it was the same thing when I was in front of him, is the absolutism. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no way that's the <laughs> Oh, there's always a way, buddy. <laughs> right? If, if, it might if, not be happening right now, uh-huh. but don't you tell me there ain't no way. If there's 80% of white folks in anything, there is going to be bias, you know, bias based on race. And Perk did not say racism. Perk did not say racist. He was saying exactly that. You got 80% of white folks making a decision. They are going to, uh, in the history of the world, <laughs> when you got 80, 80% of white folks making a decision, they will lean towards other white folks. Like that is just, that is just an absolute fact like that is something that we cannot deny and like there is a complete middle ground between perk making that dis- making that statement and anything about racism or anything like that that's just the fact of the matter that's you know how white supremacy works and has always worked traditionally and you know there's nothing wrong with perk saying that because like however it manifests it is manifesting you know in a way that you know it's just going to be there. <laughs> There's just no way around it. But also, to be fair to white folks on that one, if the voting block was 80% black, there yeah. would probably be... And it comes... It's rooted in something different, right? Like, right. There, I'm not saying everybody the same. Nah, there's wrinkles, right? right. <laughs> like, yeah. we're all special snowflakes. It goes a right. little different across the board. But no, that's possibly going to be the case. And the other part of it is, Kendrick Perkins has been covered by NBA media. 
Yeah. He knows uh, how they do or do not get down, regardless of how they vote or whatever it is. He knows how they do or do not get down. Now, what the voters have on their side is a voting track record mm-hmm. uh, that don't really got no white folks in it for the last 40 years. Right. The counterpoint is, it's worth noting, that there have been two white MVPs since Larry Bird retired. Mm. Between them, they have four going on five MVPs and no trips to the NBA Finals. Right. That's a bit anomalous. Mm-hmm. We we would we would have to agree there. When you go through and do the list of NBA MVPs who have never made the finals, mm-hmm. I can only count from here Derek Rose, James Harden, Steve Nash, and mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones I got. Right. And even Harden, I mean, even Harden kind of, I mean, he was in the finals. Yes. <laughs> you know, he like got he, he got closer than he got closer right. than Jokic ever has. He got right. closer than Nash ever has. He got closer than Derrick Rose right. ever has. Right. So yeah, you gotta understand why it is that people would look at it funny. Mm-hmm. And I and these are people that you and I both disagree with right. about mm-hmm. Jokic himself and how good he is and everything right. else. But come on, man, you can't you can't, no matter who you are. I would not be so confident. Like, this is an extreme example, but I think you'll mm-hmm. feel where I'm coming from. I will never confidently say in the face of an accusation, my friend or anybody else did not commit a sexual assault. Right. Unless mm-hmm. you give me some data. And I got lived experience mm-hmm. of I never thought that person would do such a thing. Right. And then they did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Many times, in fact, in mm. this example, I'm not getting out here saying that you can't. The, what that is, is too prevalent and it's too right. widespread and it's not something people brag about necessarily for mm. me to ever confidently be like, oh, no, no, not not them, not him. Right. No, no, no. I'm going to be like, oh, tell me more. And then mm. I might be like, eh, I don't know about that one. Right. And on the thing about the voters, I think the response that I would have liked to have heard was more of a I can see why you might say that. Right. I don't think that's what's happening here as opposed to you're being ridiculous right now. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think what JJ might've heard is that white voters are taking middling white players and making them MVPs. That's not how that works. That's never how that works. The, the, what, what is, you can't tell me that when a white guy and two black guys are neck and neck, Right. For this MVP decision that we're not going to lean towards a guy who looks like us a little bit further, you know, like it puts them right a little bit above them when they're neck and neck. I mean, that when we you look at the people who get hired for different things, look at the you know, what I'm saying like there is a there is, is a world where mediocre white folks get lifted up to wherever they get lifted up. But there's also a probably a more realistic world in which whenever we are right here in a photo finish, I'm going to pick the person that that uh looks a little bit like me you know what i'm saying and so you know i think that but i think the Jokic thing if we go back to the beginning i think the Jokic thing is also because like i think Jokic was great analytically before he before he was great before we saw the greatness you know and i think that there were a lot of white dudes who because of how the analytic community is 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 built or like the makeup of it were championing Jokic a couple of years before it just looked like Jokic was one of the best players in the league. And so what happens is you have a bunch of white guys 
saying this white guy is really great. And a bunch of folks who are outside that community who, you know, a bunch of black folks were looking at it like, I don't really see that, you know, and then that, you know, then you have this collision of these communities that, you know, and now we're at the point where it's at the MVP level and we have this community that has been backing them for years and this community that for years has been like, I don't really see that as compared to these other dudes. And now we're sort of at that fever pitch. This guy's about to maybe get his third MVP. I just want to say this to everybody who's like, I'll go too far on this Jokic thing. Mm-hmm. I feel you. I understand where you're coming from. I see why you might say that. Sir, this man is shooting 63%. From the floor. <laughs> right. The floor. He's shooting 40 from three, 67 from two. He's shooting 40% from three and 63 from the floor. And normally when somebody's shooting 63 from the floor, it's like DeAndre Jordan. Right. Yeah. You know, all I do is get the ball right next to the rim and I dunk it. Five times a game. I take five shots a game and I dunk. For four of them. <laughs> so this is like, I watch clips of Jokic. I check the stats on Jokic. You'd be like, oh, it's the advanced numbers. The regular numbers the say regular numbers, yes. 12 and 10. The regular numbers have caught up with the analytic numbers, and you can't deny any any part Hold of on. it at this point. You say they caught up. The first MVP year, 26, 11, and 8. The next one, <laughs> 27, 14, and 8. This year, 24 and a half, 12, and 10. They've been there. Like They've been there, right? People just literally aren't paying any attention. That's the only thing I can grasp, man. And he's out there now, like y'all can't do shit with me. Nothing. I'm gonna put my back on you, and there's nothing you can do. Like he ain't perfect. I mean, Embiid gave him that forty something that other day. Right. That that's the thing that's hard America. for me. That's the thing that's like I keep going back. Embiid busted his ass when they played one on one. That's got to count for a few votes. It does count, but you know what? He could do the same. Like, this just happens sometimes. Right. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, like this is the way it goes from time to time. But, yeah, if you ask me who do I want to go win this one game, I'm torn. In spite mm-hmm. of the fact that I have no doubt who's my MVP guy this year. That's no right. question. Is Jokic. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to switch gears right fast because we actually are up on the time. I'm afraid mm. that we're going to stumble on something that may take too long. Do you okay. think that we could talk about the Chris Rock special in 10 minutes? Let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. My first thought, A, it just wasn't very uh-huh. good. Right? Right. Two, I got a different eye for these things now that I do game theory. Mm. I know what it looks like when somebody's telling a joke they don't believe in. 
Mm-hmm. You watch me on Game Theory, you can tell. Uh, yeah, you don't really believe in that one, right? Uh-huh. He had a lot of jokes that felt like he didn't believe in him. He looked like a dude that was trying to figure out a way to be edgy but not get in trouble, hence the whole abortion mm-hmm. routine, right? Like he was trying right. to figure out how to thread that needle. Um, four, and I say this as somebody who saw him live last May after mm-hmm. the Oscars, I think that there's a trauma that he endured from that incident that he still hasn't gotten over. Like he looks unsure of himself on stage. Right. He didn't have mm-hmm. any of the confidence up there that he used to have. And number five, and this is a big one. If Will Smith had to go see him over a G.I. Jane joke, mm-hmm. what he got to go do now? Because <laughs> that man, like, I couldn't tell, like, who you mad at? The dude that mm-hmm. hit you or not? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, yeah, man. He's just, uh, I think that this special was probably the most important not maybe not important but like it's obviously going to be the most watched comedy special probably or most anticipated or talked about comedy special we probably will ever have right and the guy just could not meet the moment i think that's what it was he just couldn't meet the moment like he I, he knew he knew that everybody was going to watch this thing he wanted to do live he wanted to do all this stuff and like he's clearly has not done whatever kind of work he needs to do to get over that, to make jokes about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still a really, really raw thing for him. And so he, you know, I think if you're going to make a joke about something, you got to be kind of settled about it in your mind and your spirit to like find the comedy in it. He hadn't found it yet. You know, it's only been, it's been 11 months. He got smacked on national TV. And I, and I would imagine that at that, that that's like a physically traumatizing thing. This big ass dude slapped the hell out of him. And he might've thought, that he was like in real physical danger there, and like and nobody you weren't did allowed anything. to do anything. Can't Even do anything. If you were going to step up and get your ass kicked. You could do something. Right, couldn't do anything. There was no security. There was no help. You out there on national TV, which are, would would probably felt like his life was in danger, and he had not had that settled in his spirit enough to go out there and make jokes about it. And he tried to do it, and like I think, you know, people mess up jokes. Like you know, people mess up jokes all the time. He wanted to go live. He wanted to do this thing. And I messed up a joke. But I think there's something telling. I think in that moment, in that biggest moment of your life, comedically, to have to say to the crowd, I messed up that joke. You know, I think that that's probably going to do as much damage for him going forward. You know? Yeah, see, see, I think that I messed up the joke not as much. And you said it earlier. Even as trained professionals, we don't do this live. And he did right. that live. Like, I think, like, as, as somebody who be trying to do that now, mm. it can happen, right? Like, when I saw him in May, he messed up a joke. Like, I don't think that mm. part's going to land with him. What got me, though, was just how obviously angry he was when he walked out. And you're yeah. right. He still isn't at a point where he could joke about it, but he took $40 million thinking that he would get to a point right. where he could joke about it. And this is the part that gets me about him not being able to joke about it. Man, that would have been a layup. Mm-hmm. Like, you think about this for a second. What stories are funnier? We do it on this show all the time. (laughs) Then when people talk about how they either got beat up, hooped Mm -hmm. up, juked out their jocks, whatever it is, it is the easiest money. Somehow, Cat Williams was able to be more (laughs) self-deprecating after Uh, getting beat up by a teenager. By an eighth grader. Uh Right. Then Will Smith was able to be about this. I mean, not Will Smith. Chris Rock was able Mm -hmm. to be about this. And I really think he just thought, I'll be fine by the time it comes around. Right. And then when it came around, like, those weren't even jokes. 
Yeah, he was just they, cussing like, at folks. He was just cussing at folks for for thirty seconds and cussing at Jada. Like what you know, like that's is not settled with him, you know. Right. And I think the interesting juxtaposition is Marlon Wayans just released a stand up special that's fully dedicated to the slap. It's an hour about of him talking about the slap, and he. It's easier. I mean, it's there are some, you know, it's not it's not the best. It's it's a decent it's a decent special. I think it's pretty fun. There's some like really laugh out loud moments. But he's obviously it's obviously easier for him to find the humor in it and like make the jokes and be even self deprecating to himself in a way that like you could do. But Chris Rock was trying to self deprecate a little bit by being like I'm a small guy, but also just being like, you know, insulting to these folks when there was like comedy in what happened he just could not find it he just can't find it so i'll tell you give you a little interesting insight on him when i was uh getting ready to do game theory i hit up uh neil brennan mm-hmm. to chat with him about some stuff we were buddies of sorts and he asked me something he was like so how do you think what have you learned from your persona on ESPN coming in mm-hmm. this? And I was like, persona? Oh, I'm coming in hot, Neil. Right. <laughs> but his point was a good one. He said, I've been working with Kevin Hart, and I've learned mm-hmm. that 80% of doing this job is being in a good mood and looking mm-hmm. like you're in a good mood. And Neil talks about how he wears a watch that shocks him to remind right. him to smile. He says, mm-hmm. he says, guys like me and him have what they call writer face, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, or, uh, you know, but anyway, um, and he said specifically about Chris Rock. He was like, Chris Rock been telling white folks about themselves all these years with a big old smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And when you watch a Chris Rock stand-up special, no matter what he's talking about, he's always got this big smile on his face, which by right. the way, it's really hard to keep up for, for now, mm-hmm. right? It's hard to hit all these other notes that you want to do, but he's always got a smile on his face. Not for that. He couldn't right. smile about anything. Like, I thought that he would at least, like, I felt like the way to walk into that is next thing I know, like talk about seeing stars, right? Like the birds mm. are flying over your head, like right, you're a cartoon. Right. And, they, and then I looked at Will Smith and I thought to myself, da, 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 and all of that, it was none of it. Like there was no like kind of recreation. Like you got to lean in on, I got my ass whooped. And right. he would, it was weird because he could acknowledge he got his ass whooped. And but the, he just the, had in there. The the uh, the juxtaposition I would encourage people to look up is when Jamie Foxx talked about when LL Cool J knocked him out on any given Sunday, right? Yeah. And he talks about LL Cool J came and you know he was making fun of LL Cool J, licking the lips and all that, but he said LL Cool J knocked me into another movie. I was in a big green mile when I woke <laughs> up. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just like there is a way to self-deprecate, do that. But the, the guy just not. I mean, I, and then also this is a it, it was a stroke to his. I mean, it was a damage to his ego because Chris Rock has spent so much of his time trying to get into this upper echelon of Hollywood, of like acceptance and all that stuff. And he sat there in that room and looked across to a dude who got infinitely more power than him. And Chris Rock will never have that power. A black dude who got that kind of power. Like, you will never have, like, how many times is Chris Rock going to look at his sort of celebrity mortality when somebody can slap the hell out of you on national TV and go sit in their chair and not be asked to leave? And you are, like, that is something that is going to be embedded in his mind for for the rest of his career. Well, the other part, too, if you watch the rest of the special, it put him in a position that he clearly has no interest in being in. Mm. He became the victim. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, I mean, to be fair, I mean, he may not, you know, victim mentality, da, 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 all that is more complicated, but he was the victim of an assault. Like, there's no real right. other way to put it. He couldn't do anything about it. He can't even laugh about it at this point. I just felt like the things he said in that special, that should have been an interview. 
Mm-hmm. Like he should have right. done an interview a month before the special or leading into it or something where he said all these things and got it out. And then you can get into the special and give us actual comedy. Right. And that isn't what we got. Like, if, look, if you're going to like give me like run through your thoughts and everything else about it, give me Gerard Carmichael. He better at that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or format it, you know, like Neil, like Neil Brennan himself has formatted comedy specials around trauma in a way that, yeah, in in a way that's really interesting, that's really honest with himself. And I just don't think Chris Rock is, is, I don't think, I don't even, I don't know if it's, I'll put the yet there, but I'm not sure if he, in the brand of comedy he has, because he's, he's, his comedy is authoritative. His comedy is, I know exactly what I'm talking about. I know, you know, I have this insight I'm the authority on all this stuff on race and everything like that. And this puts him in a position to not be that authoritative voice. And he has to figure out a different way to do it. But that's just, that's not how he's done comedy for the last 30 years. Yeah, no, it was a, it was an interesting. The only part of like, when you were like, oh man, he's had a year to get over this and he still had, and I'm like, yo, a year ain't that long dog. Right. Well, like he, yeah, like he messed was, up the joke. I was like, nah, people mess up jokes. Like that's just, well, that, well, you've never seen me, a live comedy. You've never seen a one hour live comedy special before, you know, none of us. Well, the thing, I mean, but even, even though you mess up jokes, like that was probably the most important five minutes of his career from his, from his standpoint. Oh from yeah, his yeah, standpoint. you're right. But Dave, you just I know he right. stood up. I know he laid up in that bed all night and looked at the ceiling. I like, I can't believe I messed up that joke. I know you just wanted to cloud him. I do want to clown him. I, mean, I, I do want to clown Chris Rock. I do want to clown Chris Rock. I've been a little bit polite about Chris Rock. Chris Rock got real some some real deep seated issues about the way he treats black women that I've always had a problem with, and I, I and I think that like I've tried to put personal bias aside in terms of how I feel about the slap itself because that brother has has like has some real real issues with with black women. I think that that manifests himself in the way that he goes into a crowd at the Oscars and points out the one black woman when you're ad lib and it points out the one black woman and talks about her hair in that group in that in that space and that even in this moment where will slaps you right you say that everybody else is called will you know but you don't but you but you don't and then but you call jada that word and that to me is in her home in her hometown when jada did not do anything to that brother this whole time, like we can talk about, you can do all that body language reading and say that she mind control will to go up there. Jada has done nothing in this whole instance. And you have made her a focal point to something that where another man went up there and slapped you. And that is sort of a continuation of Chris Rock's really, really like go watch the Chris Rock show on HBO Max and watch how he interviews uh, all of these black women, including Jada Pinkett Smith, where he concludes the interview by giving her an award for not mentioning Will Smith in the interview. Right. And so that's 20 years ago. Right. And so you go on there and you call this call this woman out her name for not doing nothing. Yeah, I got I'm going to make fun of you for messing up your joke. Oh, yeah. No, that's okay. the least that's, I can do. Yeah, that's a fair point. You can make fun of him. You was just wrong, too. I was just like, like, <laughs> oh, he spent a year that, 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 hey, man, that's just what it goes. Like it was he he did not do himself any favors. Right. I would I would say that I think he messed up on such a macro that the little micro stuff is just kind of. Mm-hmm. But in the yeah. end, what was more worrisome to me, and I you know I work with comics now, so I talk to them about mm-hmm. it, is just it was mid. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was mid. It and was. I, again, I saw him in May and it was mid. Mm-hmm. Right. And my thought was, okay, we just gotta get warmed up. Right. No, he may just be at a midpoint in his career right now. Perhaps not a permanent one. Perhaps he's got to tear down his whole act and build it back up. But mm-hmm. it was it was more disappointing to me than anything else that it was mid. Not even like, oh, I was so ready for what he had to say about uh Will, uh, I didn't care that much about that. Like, I would have liked it, but that, right. if you told me it was a Chris Rock special, all and I was going to watch the Chris Rock special. Right. 
I didn't need to anticipate it. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he just, He's just not ready. He's just not ready yet. He's got some stuff he got to work on to get himself in a, in, a, in a different space. So, yeah. But hey, man, that's David Dennis, Junior, Junior Dennis, <laughs> in the house. Check him out on Around the Horde. Check him out on Debatable. Check him out on Anscape. Check out his book, The Movement Made Us. Available where you get books, my man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, my brother. No problem, man. And ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. We do this three times a week. Adi Kyle, Parker Owens, and Dan Stancic handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow The Right Time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.